Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Eyes Wide Open podcast. This weekly podcast goes into uh, topics that aren't always talked about openly in commercial real estate. And uh, today I'm really happy to have Josh Cohen from Commercial Defeasance here with me. In fact, he actually flew all the way to Dallas just just to do this podcast with me, right? <laughs> Very happy just to, to have you. you. Yes. Just to see us. Exactly. Love it. Um, Josh probably is a very recognizable industry name for most people. But um, why don't you explain, Josh, a little bit about what you do at Commercial Defeasance. I know you're managing director. I kind of think of you as Commercial Defeasance, but I know there's others in the firm. Talk a little bit about Commercial Defeasance and how long have you been there and a little bit about you. Sure. So the firm has been around for over 21 years. Rob Finley, our CEO and founder, started it in... I think the fall or winter of 2000. At that time, I was a paralegal law firm working for a real estate partner who one day said, you need to go meet this guy, Rob. He's got an idea. Get a couple free dinners out of him, um, but just sit down and listen to him. And I met with Rob, had a couple great dinners. I bet uh, you did. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he had this idea. Um, you know, Rob came from the CMBS world, was an originator with Credit Suisse, and had moved at that time, I believe, to Charlotte Deutsche Bank. And as an analyst and originator, putting sponsors into CMBS loans with defeasance, I think he was familiar with the word, but not familiar with what the <laughs> process would be. Yeah. And then eventually a bar tracked him down in 2000 and said, Rob, I'm going to sue you sarcastically, but help me get out of this loan. I called the servicer, mm-hmm. who I think at the time was... Um, uh, here. Hope it wasn't me. Was I don't know. No. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, um, Catmark. I think it was Catmark at the time, and they needed a guy needed a refinance, and Catmark had never been through the process. Yeah. And Rob lived next door to a broker-dealer from a bank called BB&T, and on kind of a napkin, uh, helped Rob figure out, well, this is the cash flow we need to mimic, and here's a basket of treasuries we're going to match to mm-hmm. it. And uh, kind of a light bulb went off in his head, and then his brother coined the term uh, or the phrase to fees with ease. And then in January of 20, 2000, dating myself in 2001, um, you know, I joined Rob. And uh, at that time was Rob, myself, and Jeff Lee, who is now our CEO. Um, And the three of us, uh, I always remember Rob said, pack a bag. We're going to be on the road traveling. At the time, I was single, had a large Labrador. Mm -hmm. I dropped off my dog to uh, his (laughs) wife. She watched the dog, and uh, we just went on the road. That was part of your deal term, right? Yeah, you watch the dog while I travel, and I'll travel for you. Okay. At that time, you know, Rob's focus was we need to be in front of all the servicers because if I got this phone call, they're going to get many others. Yeah. That's what happened in the early 2000s. Well, I remember vividly being, I mean, I I, I can so appreciate that because I, in, in 2000, um, I was actually at Prudential, but right before that, I was at Nomura. And I remember vividly Ethan Penner coming up with or, or brainstorming about defeasance. Right. And, of course, I'm in servicing, right? And so my thought was, geez, how am I going to calculate that? And he said, well, I don't know. You'll figure it out, right? right? So that's what everybody did is they came up with this word and this really scary concept, which I want you to explain in a minute. Sure. And then they left it up to people to figure out, like, how to do it. And it's very scary. So I was so happy when I uh, connected with you guys because yeah, it's Demira not was first for, in the game with the feasance and then a yeah role with the I was role, yeah. I was in the the, the ra- we were in a round table kind of like you and I are now there's a whiteboard like there is right here yeah. and Ethan Penner I know the concept was 
I need to let a borrower get out of his, he can't not sell his property, right? You have to let him sell his property. But I have to sell bonds and keep a 10-year term for the bondholder. So how do you do that, right? And then came up uh, defeasance. So so, uh, for the audience, um, we say this all the time here, but it's so great having you in commercial defeasance. you know, sort of in an alliance with us informally, but we don't like, we don't touch defeasance the minute somebody says they want to defease, we hand them to you. Um, I know everybody, if you're if you're buying a piece of property in commercial real estate and it's got CMB, CMBS debt, you pretty much are going to have to either assume or defease. So mm-hmm. explain defeasance so the audience can understand what it is. I get asked this a hundred times. I'm sure you say it 500 times every day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So just to take a step back. So when looking at CNBS loan documents, there's going to be two different ways in which a sponsor can exit. That's either yield maintenance or defeasance. Yield maintenance, more people are familiar with because it's a straight payoff of the note. You're extinguishing the note. You're getting a calculation from the servicer. You wire money, boom, you're done, the note's gone, move on your way. With defeasance, the note stays alive, and we're talking about securitized loans. So the borrower can't choose which option they prefer. They have to go look at their loan documents, specifically the prepayment provisions, to see what's required. Um, So many borrowers are a little bit smart, right? They think they know what the loan documents state. Most of the time, they don't even have a copy of the loan documents. So, you know, we do a lot of preliminary quotes, um, but we need to get access to the loan documents to confirm exactly what they have. Typically, okay. Bloomberg has all the information. Bloomberg has public information on all CMBS loans. A majority of the time, they're correct, but again, we always look through the documents to confirm if it's yield maintenance or defeasance. So two different animals. So again, yield maintenance is a payoff of the note. Defeasance is a substitution of collateral. The note stays alive. So typically the substitute collateral will be treasuries or agencies, depending on the definition of U.S. obligations. Overall, the calculation is very similar. People like to say defeasance is yield maintenance plus third-party fees. In a way, you could say that. But at the end of the day, with defeasance, we look at the documents to confirm if we can price it through the open prepay date or the maturity date. There's a difference if we can price to the open mm-hmm. prepay date, the borrower saving whatever that prepay window is, three months of interest, six months of interest. Yeah. With the old maintenance, it's always calculated to the maturity date, mm. and it's based off of treasuries. So again, with defeasance, we may be able to structure it to the early date, and we may be able to utilize agencies over treasuries. Agencies typically have a higher yield, but at the end of the day, we're buying AAA-rated government securities backed by the United States government. So your simple job is to figure out how many bonds <laughs> you need to buy to throw off all the cash flow that loan would have normally paid those bondholders, in essence, right? Correct. So oh. at the end of the day, with defeasance, the yeah. lender is still getting the debt service payment, but it's being generated from cash flows off the treasuries of the agencies right. compared to the borrower making the debt service payment from cash flow of the property. Do you ever calculate that wrong? <laughs> Uh, well, we have an accounting firm that's one of the business oh, okay, requirements yeah. with the loan documents that addresses a report to everybody on the deal. Oh, yeah, okay. uh, and that accounts report is what the bar relies on to make representations that the securities they're delivering post-closing as a collateral will be sufficient to cover the remaining debt service payments through the maturity date. 
Yeah. You've confirmed my belief and my thought all along that it's way too complicated for me to ever even <laughs> try to. I've never tried right. to, to even. It, it causes smoke to come out of my ears every and time. And a lot of people get yeah. confused with what this portfolio looks like. We have certain rules. The rating agencies you know, govern mm-hmm. our industry. So at the end of the day, if there's easy math, if there's 12 payments left in the loan, it's not like we're going to go out and buy 12 different treasuries. Uh, so we may be able to buy one treasury to cover the next three months of cash flows. So at the end of the day, our goal is to buy the highest yielding mm-hmm. portfolio of securities that will mimic the remaining debt service payments on the loan. Mm-hmm. And we may get to this shortly, but the higher the yield on the portfolio, the lower the cost to the fees, the lower the premium. That is one thing I was going to ask you. So I And I remember when Ethan Penner again had this on the whiteboard, the originators that were in that meeting took away this concept that if rates go in your favor borrower you could pay off at a discount mm-hmm. explain how that's possible and how how that works i mean so typically the defeasance premium is a spread between the yield and i call it a blended yield because we're not just buying one treasury if there's six years left in a loan and we're defeasing it the five-year treasury is going to be the benchmark, and then we're mixing in the three, the two, the one, and monthly bonds. Mm. So that's where a blended yield comes into play. But again, uh, depending on the maturity date, again, in my example here, the five-year would be the highest yielding, and then the other three, two, one, and monthly bonds would have a lower yield. But at the end of the day, we have a blended yield. Uh, and now I forgot the question. As rates go <laughs> yeah, up. so as yeah, rates yeah. go up. So the defeasance premium is a spread between the coupon and the note and the highest in that blended yield in the portfolio. That's the Mm. additional amount in dollars today that the borrower needs to go out and buy in terms of uh, putting that portfolio of securities together. But if you have, to make sure I follow you, if you Mm -hmm. have a note rate of 4%, and the blended treasuries are five. Or higher than that, right? Or higher than that, then there is a then you buy less bonds than the principal balance of Correct. the loan in essence, right? That, yeah, and then we do think yeah. it's some yeah, I mean, generally there'll be a one percent premium prepay okay. uh, penalty. Yeah. So it's not as if they can walk away and yeah. just easy math, the outstanding balance is a hundred thousand, but because of uh, the inverted curve, you know, they can now mm-hmm. pay it off at ninety thousand. So mm-hmm. you know, they're getting a ten thousand dollar discount. Yeah, uh, you know they'll be paying a one percent prepay. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone get out at a you know uh, with a, at a discount. But as but rates right now, well, oh, previous a year ago were so low that it, it, it seemed like I mean it was a real big gap uh, cost to defeat really right in Correct. general. I realize there's a lot of factors, but now as rates are going up, mm-hmm. that actually makes the defeasance cost go down, right? Yeah, I mean, pre-COVID, kind of the sweet spot for when most people were looking to defease where it was palatable, uh, two years or less left on a loan mm-hmm. was, again, that sweet spot. Uh, but just given what's been happening as we come out of COVID, more so not coming out of COVID, but what's happening with the Fed and increasing interest rates, it's also been increasing yield on treasuries. So again, back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, the higher the yield on treasuries, the lower the premium to uh, prepay these loans. So as we looked in an interest rate increasing environment, it could be possible that more people choose to defease than assume. It might make more economical sense Sure. Uh, with a higher interest rate environment, right? I mean, right now we haven't been this busy since 05, 06. We've got between 100 and 150 different transactions any given day oh. in our pipeline. And it's driven by what's been happening with the Fed and the increase in yields on treasuries. Okay. It's been driving down premiums 
Right. And again, back to what I said a few minutes ago, pre-COVID, again, two years or less left on a loan. Now we're defeasing plenty of loans that have three, four, five years left yeah. because their premiums have significantly reduced uh, just given what's happening in the yield environment. So it's a very volatile, uh, it, you know, very volatile market right now. Yeah. Um, and obviously the cost of uh, new debt is increasing. Uh, given the Fed's laid out the roadmap for what's going to happen this year. Right. So we're finding a lot of people don't want to gamble anymore. You know, years ago, they yeah. were like, Josh, we'd rather just get out of it now, sleep at night, know we've locked in 10-year debt. Uh, and then the other camp was, you know, we just want to gamble and see where interest rates are. Now, we know interest rates are only going to go up. So right. that's driving a lot of our volume as well. People Do you find people it. maybe wanting to wait till the next increase, the next increase? I mean, you're or... always going to have that camp yeah. uh, that okay. thinks they're smart. <laughs> or smarter. Yeah, the, um, right, that can predict any of this. Yeah. That's right, yeah, okay. And it really kind of, it also depends on what their focus is. If they're selling, you know, we're doing a lot of sale transactions now. Mm -hmm. We've seen this as we've come out of COVID, uh, just kind of measuring, you know, Rob always said as we come out of COVID, we just really need to start looking at how many sale transactions are occurring. And now, I wouldn't say it's exactly 50-50, but it's very close in terms of yeah. our pipeline sales versus refinances. But in sale transactions, you know, most sellers are requiring the buyer to pay a portion or all of the defeasance premium. So the seller is delivering it free and clear mm. and the buyer is putting their own new debt on it. Well, um, I, I always maybe assumed or believed that the seller had to defease. That's not true. It's so just a it negotiation. So it is a seller's requirement to defease okay. a loan on a sale transaction, but... It can be negotiated in. Who's paying uh, okay. for that defeasance yeah. costs okay. is generally the seller 100% or more so now the buyer's paying a oh. portion of it. So okay. they're yeah. all negotiating that in the PSA. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I just didn't even think about that. Um, so how has COVID affected... I mean, you answered it a little bit, but are there mm -hmm. other ways that... Uh, COVID has affected your business. I know it's greatly affected ours in many ways, but yeah, I mean, I'd say just in terms of asset class. Um, yeah, yours you know, are opposite of ours, right? More multi, or you're working in more office yeah. workouts right now. Yeah, you know, we're defeasing significantly less office assets right now because okay. we're handling the yeah. workouts. Yeah. Um, so right now, the very hot asset classes for us are the cash flowing assets. Multi-family self storage is huge. Uh, Did you say industrial? <laughs> uh, industrial as well. Yeah. Okay, those are all ones we don't, right. you know, right? So, so it's funny. Every how asset it's... class you're not touching yeah. or defeasing. Oh, that's um, funny. So yeah. there's definitely a correlation there. There's such a synergy between our two businesses, yeah. and yet they never touch yeah. or overlap, you know? I mean, even but, during yeah. COVID, yeah. as much as we've heard of what's happening just in terms of uh, apartments and uh, just rules and regulations of, you know, what's happened happening with uh, owners not being able to kick tenants out, mm. um, you know, that asset class stayed pretty consistent for us. Uh, you know, obviously there were vacancies that were happening around the country, just different pockets. Right. But in California, where I manage our operations on the West Coast, you know, their rentals, uh, you know, remained high. They didn't have a lot of delinquencies. Mm. Um, and this is across yeah. you know, the board with different asset types within multifamily. So it sounds like, so, so post-COVID for you, the difference is really just the asset class itself. But yes. there's really, okay. I and mean, you hotels, guys... Hotels, yeah. office, and retail um, are hurting and still hurting. Yes, um, and that's what we're working on. all the about. other asset classes are uh, driving. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so a question I, I we get asked um, at least 10 times every day, if not more, and I'm, I bet you get asked it 25 times every day, is, can you already predict it? 
Uh, is defeasance waived? waived. (laughs) We get asked that all the time because, Mm -hmm. you know, market's tough. We just got through COVID. Uh, we're suffering because of COVID, and so will will the servicer waive defeasance? Yeah. I'm sure they just want to get out, right? I mean, sponsors so. are a little mm-hmm. bit more creative in terms of their question. <laughs> to Once you. they find out it's <laughs> fifty to seventy-five thousand third-party fees, yeah, you know that's kind of a black eye of our industry. As CNBS, it's very fee-driven. Yeah, um, you know, so borrowers just hate paying the fees if they don't want to pay them. So, you know, the easy question is why why won't they just accept cash? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Um, and then I just tell them it bores them very quickly, but you've got a securitized loan. Your loan documents require defeasance. Uh, the servicer cannot waive that. It creates what we call a remic buster mm-hmm. for all the loans in that particular securitization. So the servicer can't just be nice and say, you know what, we'll just allow you to pay it off yeah. via yield maintenance, for example. Uh, you cannot make a material modification to the original loan documents or it creates a problem with the REMIC. Yeah. So the, yeah, it's a long right. answer. The short answer is no. It's never waived. Yeah, that's that's um, what we... And, and let's, I mean, if you're... Unless long, it's in special service yeah. and there's some type of workout happening. But exactly. But that's very, very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, um, anything else? I want to see if there's anything else we should cover. I Anything else you'd like to say that I didn't ask or, you know, I, otherwise I, 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 yeah, anything else you want to say that I didn't ask? Uh, I mean, just in terms of, you know, I love what I do. You know, oh, at the end I of the day, yeah. I've been doing this for 21 years. I've never viewed it as a job. Um, I love customer service. I love helping people out. I talk about this every day, every night, seven days a week. So, yeah. you know, we really, as a company, just not for myself, as a company, you know, we are the best in class. We provide a premium service. You do. Um, a lot of people view us as a commodity, but at the end of the day, we are helping sponsors close a transaction because we are coordinating not only the defeasance, but their secondary transaction right. simultaneously. Um, so at the end of the day, we provide a service, uh, and we all love what we do because we are helping people out and educating them so that they can make an informed decision when they decide who's going to be the consultant for them on the transaction. And you know what? That I'm glad you said that because I'll, I'll tell you from a, a provider, someone who refers good clients to you all mm-hmm. the time, I know they're going to be taken care of. I know you're always there. You're always responsive. Customer service is absolutely what I mm-hmm. see all the time with commercial defeasance. I mean, we're not you. a bank. We don't, we don't no. close at 5 p.m. Yeah. Like I said, seven days <laughs> right. a week. Most yeah. people have my cell phone number now. I always pick up yeah. the phone. I know. If somebody mm-hmm. needs us, they call us. Yeah. Um, we're not going to call them back the next day. We're going to take care of the problem get it, right. and get it solved. You're probably one of the most uh, responsive people I work with, honestly. I mean, I, I thrive on that yeah. because, again, we're mm-hmm. providing a service. Um, and we need to be there for our clients, so yeah. you know they rely on us. How long does it? Do, I should have asked you too, but how long does it take to defease? So somebody calls you and says, right. "I want to defease." How long does that take? I'm kind of laughing now because every deal is a rush deal right now. Of course, meaning yeah, they yeah. need to close in two weeks. Right. Uh, sometimes <laughs> they need to close in a couple of days. Yeah. And we can get it done that fast, but just given you can? the volume of transactions in the industry right now, it's very very difficult to close deals quickly. But yeah. we are able to get them done primarily because of our relationships. Not only with the services, but also the rating agencies. Wow, that's uh, it great! Us to yeah, make a phone call and call in a favor, and uh, you know, look, we don't want to strain these relationships, but right, right now, just giving given what's happening with the volatility, people just want to close quickly. Yeah. So generally, it's a thirty to forty-five day transaction. Right. I say that because you have to look at the notice provisions and loan documents. Typically, it's thirty days or sixty days, uh, but most servicers, all servicers, will waive 
the 30-day notice oh. requirement, which is a standard waiver, and the defeasance waiver consent, which is one of the five core yeah. defeasance documents. But at the end of the day, for a fee, right? We're talking about yeah. CMBS. So for a fee, most services will charge an expedited fee in order for us to close quickly. Well, that's but good. in terms of what we need to do, we could get it done literally in a couple yeah. of days. Wow. It's just coordinating everything with the third right. parties to get it all done you know, within yeah. a few weeks. Because that is always a factor, too, for borrowers when they want to assume it's it's not yeah. 30 days even or 45 days. You know, Much it's, longer. It's, it's really about double that. It's, you know, 60 to 90. Yeah. So if they can defease in 30 even, right, mm-hmm. that's sometimes a, a deciding factor depending on cost. But right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, generally we're always directly working with the borrower's counsel mm-hmm. uh, because the borrower does need to have a real estate attorney help them with documents and opinions and things like that. But the other third parties we work with every day in all of our transactions, so deliverables come in very quickly. It's just getting the borrower their counsel and whatever's happening in the secondary transaction yeah. lined up to close quick. Right, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, it's been really, really great having you here. And I, I, I love actually having you here in person. It goes so much you know, better than just being on the phone. But sure. thank you well, so much. And thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people know how to reach you, so I, it, we'll, we'll have that on our uh, a connection, I guess, sure. on, on your post. But our website has a lot of information, thefeasandease.com, yeah. yep. uh, and then you can provide my information as well. So, like, I, wait, one last question. Sorry, I keep thinking of one more. Yeah, but okay. So, commercial defeasance and defeasance with the same company? Just so, today our new company name, Umbrella, is 30 Capital. Uh, Rob okay. started commercial defeasance when he was 30, yeah. hence 30 capital. Ah. So today we offer many other things besides defeasance. So yeah. if we could talk about that real quickly. Yeah, please. We have financial services and technology. So on the financial services side, we have defease with ease. And then we have SOFR with ease because LIBOR's transitioning out. SOFR's taking over. Uh, that's just helping our clients that need hedging products. So specifically oh, wow. pricing out caps and swaps. For floating rate down. Another thing I have zero interest in ever <laughs> touching. <laughs> so that's the yeah. financial services okay. side of the company. Yeah. And then on the technology side of the company, you know, Rob has always been an entrepreneur over the years and he has his own real estate portfolio uh, and he's been very high on tech. Um, so just to take a step back, in 2013, Rob started a company called IMS Investor Management Services, which is an investor portal technology that our real estate owners put on their website for LP investors like us to log in, get our K-1s, distribution information, things of that nature. He sold that to RealPage in 2019. And then in 2020, Rob came up with uh, another concept in terms of technology called Lobby Siri. Lobby Siri is a data management solution. So like a Bloomberg terminal is to traders, Lobby Siri is a tool for sponsors to use internally in order to what I call live feed of their property data. It's looping information from RealPage, Yardi, MRI, Folio, all these different services that firms are utilizing for property management software. We're ingesting that data so sponsors can somewhat have a real-time snatch, snapshot of what's happening in their portfolio. And, the, and they go, where did they go to get that? So it's 30 Capital is 30 the Capital website? is the company but, name, but uh, in terms of different websites, we've got the fees with ease, so okay. with ease, lobbysiri.com. Lobbysiri, and it's um, S-I-R-I, like... Uh, no. Yes, sir. Lobby Siri. Uh, lobby Siri. Uh, no, like 
like Surrey, like uh, uh, no. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get C R E commercial real estate. Oh, lobby C R E. I was hearing Siri and right. all that. Oh no no no, got it. Oh that's easy. And then okay. Another one that's oh. uh, very popular out there is called Entity Keeper, just helping sponsors keep track of their entities. Oh yeah. Uh, so those are the four main drivers uh, of the services we offer. Again, both wow. financial services and technology. That's great. And yeah. so you have a lot of services you offer to one owner, not just commercial. Exactly. Yeah, and not Rob's just always yeah. envisioned our firm as we've grown and changed throughout the years to be kind of like a piece of a pizza. We want to be involved, involved in all aspects of a yeah. financial transaction. Yeah. So, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think everybody likes pizza. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, anything else? Again, great having you. I, I, we course. keep thinking we're ending it up. And we're like, one yeah. more question. But I think this has been great. And put, again, we'll put some connections to all that on the uh, the post to the podcast. Great yeah. having Love you. Great seeing people. you. Love to talk to people. Love to yeah. people. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, as I say, I'm just an honest guy. Uh, you are. Love deals. And, yeah. uh, you know, for us, yeah. it's just uh, really about not only being honest, but just educating people. Yeah. Even the most sophisticated sponsors out there. Yeah, may not have been through defeasance. Have no idea what it is. Think it's a complicated thing. And, no, it's a yeah. complicated thing. I, I, yeah, I, I can attest to that. So, yeah, yeah it always scares me. So, <laughs> all right, good. Thank you very much. Of course, okay. thank you.